The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. Tonight, the Broncos and the Seahawks wrap up week one. And it's your final chance to get in on this huge offer from DraftKings. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code HUGE when you sign up. And you can bet 5 bucks on the Broncos or the Seahawks. And no matter who wins, you'll get $200 in free bets instantly today and tonight if you use promo code HUGE when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and make that $5 bet on Russell Wilson and the Broncos or DK Metcalf and the Seahawks. Remember, promo code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app if you want to get that $200 in free bets instantly with a $5 bet on tonight's game. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper-to-Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It's our number three on a Moneyline Monday. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Inside this hour, we'll talk to Doug Karsh, voice of Michigan football, comments from Dan Campbell on the loss to the Eagles, and an update on J.J. McCarthy as the new Michigan starting QB. How we doing? Yes, it is afternoon. Isn't it? Um... Yeah, look, I, I think uh, really nothing to speak of as it pertains to, you know, pr- pretty much all the same stuff. I know you guys will, you got your questions uh, that you want to get answered, um, but, you know, just didn't compliment each other very well, um, and which we, we have to do a better job of. And, and uh, I think it, we really dug ourselves in a, a pretty big hole early that uh, we tried to fight our, our way back and did. We just, you know, we, we kind of ran out of time there. Um, but there was a lot of encouraging things on the tape, you know. And, and I'll be honest with you, it was um, it was better after watching the tape. It was better than I felt uh, after the game, which is that's always a good thing. Have you had a chance to look at the film, Dan. I'm curious what you saw on the run defense. Have you been able to diagnose some of the, the major issues there? Yeah, look, it's the man um, gap responsibility. You know. Uh, you know, we have a couple of things where it just, you know, we, we have an issue where uh, we're running a stunt and one guy's not running the stunt. That one shows up. Um, we have about three occasions of, you know, we need our force defender on the line of scrimmage. He should be down there fitting. He's, you know, 10 yards off and now it rolls back. Everybody's doing their job. Uh, so it's, it's always one guy. You know, we have a guy, we're in the hole, we stop our feet and lunge at the ball carrier. And then certainly the quarterback, you know, I mean, he was a huge part of that. Everything runs through him and, uh, and, and we didn't do a great job of bottling him up. 
seemed like maybe uh, tackling was an issue yesterday. I know you put a lot of time into it this offseason. Yep. Is that start with the angles, or what, what would you say was the, the root of the, the tackling issues? Yesterday? Well, look, I think a number of that is there again. I go back to the quarterback, and it's, you know, um, I think there is a little bit of, well, first of all, we can't stop our feet on the guy and it doesn't matter that he's the quarterback you know like you have to finish on the quarterback if he's if he's running with the football you can't worry about is he going down is he not how is he going to run this like treat him like a running back you know which some of it if you haven't dealt with and and we we really haven't seen I'm not trying to make excuses but um but I think it's it's something that now we've seen it, we're going to be better for it. First first game out of the gate. Um, but a number of men, we're in great position. Just run your feet. There's no, you know, we don't have to lunge on the guy. We're in position. So, you know, no, I was I was hoping it would show up better than it did yesterday. Coach Ben Johnson said one of the one of his interviews at the start of training camp, I think it was, how almost promised you were going to have a good running game this year. It was just like the first look at that, and, and, and what what might it become for you as a real consistent weapon? Yeah, well, look, we we uh, you know we have a lot of faith in the O line, um, which it all starts there, and. Uh, yeah. You know, to have a good running game, you have to have a, a lot of different things uh, have to work for you. But one is the old line. You know, two is obviously golf, getting us in the right player, the right check, depending on what we have, because uh, there's enough of by look is how we're running it or where we're running it, um, as any offense does. Um, and then obviously the running backs. You know, the running backs uh, have to be able to um, to finish those things off. You got to have vision. You you. Uh, you have to be able to make some people miss. You know, the extra yards comes up to you, uh, or it's up to you. And then lastly, receivers blocking downfield, which we have that. I mean, those guys showed up now. Across the board to a man, I thought those receivers did a good job on the perimeter, which that gets you. That's what gets you the explosive runs, right? Um, so it goes without saying, Swift is a – He's uh, he's special, and uh, we know that. And so, just getting him his touches, and 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 because uh, he's the one, he's kind of the the, the secret sauce there. You know, he can turn uh, routine plays into explosive uh, plays that'll hurt you. On uh, you know, if, if you're the opponent. I asked you about the Hutchinson yesterday, I think, but um, maybe a couple but no cigars, I guess, right, where he got some pressure but didn't quite finish the deal. Is that being undisciplined? Is that just hurts being a great athlete? How do you feel when you watch his, his tape? Yeah, there was, you know, there was some stuff in there that, that uh, I, I, the takeaway I had and I think we all had was, okay, this is what it's like. This is it. This is this is the true taste of um, the NFL, and you know, just man, you know, adjusting, adjusting to that caliber athlete, in a full game. Um, now there there's certainly some things to where it looks like, um, man, he's got to make that play, but he needs a little help too. All right. If we if we rush and and close the edge a little bit. Uh, then it boxes in that space between where he's at and the quarterback at. So there's a little bit of that too. But yeah, look, he he, like honestly, I'm not even worried about him. He's going to adjust from this. He he's prideful. He's a pro. You are, I already know that about him as a rookie. We, I think we all do. So he he's going to want to better himself. He's going to learn from this, and he will be better. Does one play look like maybe 
get a shot to, to get him at the end of the game. Did he trip? Did what? Do you have any idea what happened there at the, the very last one? Uh, it just stopped his feet. You know, just keep running your feet through it. Um, there again, he he wasn't the only one that that could have been better on that play. Rookie Dan and Malcolm Rodriguez got his start. What'd you think of the way he played? Listen, he uh, all in all, I thought he did a nice job. You know, there's a couple of plays I know uh, he wishes he could have back, but for a rookie who went in there and played a, a substantial role for us, uh, I thought he did a nice job. You know, he was physical, he was aggressive, he, zero MAs. I mean, he was on top of it now. Uh, so that was that was good to see. And uh, so now it's just, man, we need more out of special teams from him, you know, which we'll get. But first time out of the gate defensively, he did some real good things. What do you think of his uh, pass coverage? Uh, listen, I thought he did a good job. I really did, you know. Uh, majority of the stuff we had him do was, was it wasn't man, it was zone. Um, but he played it well, and uh, man, I thought he—I thought he was on top of it. I really did. Let's go back to Hurts for a second. You know, talking about just didn't see a lot of that in the preseason. Um, you look forward on your schedule, you don't see a lot of that style mm -hmm. athlete. But they are slowly taking over the NFL, the dual threat quarterbacks. So, what do you need defensively to just make sure that you can handle? all the different types of offensive looks you might see in a given season? Yeah, look, I, 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 uh, I'll be honest, Justin, I really feel like, like if we played that opponent again, we're going to be so much cleaner on it than we were, you know? Now, that is, I'm not saying we're, you know, but we would, we would handle it so much better. And because they're now, like our guys are watching it right now and they're seeing everything that we talked about and preached and man, just do your job. Man, you fit on the back, you fit on the back. I'm surfing off the edge, I'm surfing off the edge. I'm responsible for quarterback, man. Don't even look at the running back. You just, and literally just the trust and, and just hone in on your assignment. Look, it was really what we did a hell of a job of last year, uh, you know, against Lamar when Baltimore came out. Man, we were on it. We were on every little detail to it, but we'd also gotten beat. You know, we we'd, we'd lost the week before. It was a point of focus, man. Those guys were, and not to say we weren't locked in, but I, I just think this this gets you refocused, man. We've got one under our belt, and uh, and man, this is a different style of offense that you just face. And I, I think there again, I just think we're going to learn from this and be better. You know, now that that being said, we. I have to do a better job of getting them prepared and better looks for that. You know, I, I've got to do a better job of fabricating a quarterback that can give them that. You know, we did a couple of things, but it wasn't enough, in my opinion. That's that falls on me. I want to ask about the uh, onside kick. You know, sometimes when you take a calculated risk, being aggressive doesn't work out. Um, now, 24 hours later, when you look back, with this, with this football team being as young as it is, does it give you maybe um, pause for consideration to maybe be a little bit less aggressive? Yeah, man, I just. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously hindsight, it's like, well, it didn't work. Well, hell, we shouldn't have done that. So, because um, that is the easy thing to say. It's like, well, just kick away. Um, but I just, man, I, I felt like it was the time to do it. And I wanted to see if we could get one. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted a little bit more to the sideline, a little shorter. But I put that on me, you know. I mean, hell, you keep working that for a little bit and, and uh, feel like it's there. Maybe you you've, uh, put it on the shelf and... Uh, but I just I, I felt like the time was right to do it because I was willing to give up and say at the very least, man, like I, our defense is going to hold and they won't have the ball very long. And OK, uh, we give up a field goal. We're still down two scores. Our offense is starting to cook now. And I just felt good about it. Um, 
my fear was that, man, they're going to hold the ball for eight minutes. Even if when we do get a stop and they've chewed up eight or nine, ten minutes, and, uh, and even with a stop now, you're, you know, you're getting forced to, to have to be in two-minute mode earlier than you want to be. So that was just kind of the, the thought. You know, look, I know I, I'm very aware of what you do to your defense when you don't get one of those, but I have a lot of faith in them that they're going to find a way to get a stop, you know. Uh, drops are kind of subjective. I don't know uh, how many you felt your receivers had, um, but what do you attribute that to, I guess? I don't know if there's someone there more than you than Yeah, well, I, I – I don't know, but I do know this. It's uh, it's like fumbles. They're contagious. They really are. And uh, when you get one or two, all of a sudden, it's like somebody's got to stop it. Somebody's got to make a big play. Somebody's got to make some pretty good catches. But I felt like it, it really started to spread around, and it did become contagious. One guy drops, another guy drops, because they were spread out through everybody. And, uh, and that was something that we've really been pretty good, uh, pretty good at. You know, we've, we've – uh, We've made those catches, and so that was that was a little discouraging. But that's another area where I feel like, you know, um, I don't I don't foresee that being an issue for us. You know, it shouldn't be. Our, our guys, all of our guys, have pretty good hand-eye coordination. It's really never been an issue. So, um, you know, I, I'm guessing it may be a little bit of the. Jitters, man. First game, ton of energy. By the way, I needed to mention this, man. Our fans were unbelievable. Yes, I mean, unbelievable. And I don't want that to get overshadowed by a loss because that's that was one of the reasons we were able to get back into this. I mean, that place was freaking booming. So, um, and they keep doing that, and uh, that gives us a great chance for our defense. Trying to piggyback on that. What was your assessment of golf overall? Yeah, look, obviously we had the turnover early in the game. We were – man, we, we came out first drive. We're moving it. And then, you know, we have a communication error, um, you know, which which isn't on him. And so we lose rhythm. We're three and out. Then we come back the next time and, and we don't ID a, a protection uh, very clean. And now he feels like he's, you know, he's under duress. Um so that doesn't help him get in the rhythm. Um, and then obviously the turnover, not being on the same page. And so, man, there was some rough moments early, but I, I, was, I loved his, the way that he responded in the second half to get us back into it. I thought he settled in and uh, did some really good things and gave us a chance there at the end. I was very confident when, when we get this ball back, we're going to go down and win this game. Like I felt very good about where we were at offensively and with him. Because I thought he was, I thought he was, he was pretty good right there at the end of the game. Um, you guys put Levi on IR over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to check in on that. See if there was some kind of setback or where he's at. Yeah, just it's uh, it's still the same issue, and it's just. You know, there again, it's it's just slow going right now. So we don't feel like there's a setback, but yet it's just not progressing the way we'd hoped. That was Dan Campbell earlier this afternoon down in Allen Park talking about the Lions and their loss to the Eagles yesterday. Bud Light, huge question of the day, good and bad, you took from the Lions' loss. Your opinions, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. 
in the den with Dan Dickerson. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Three rookies have a chance to really make an impression this September, and all three, Ryan Kreidler, Spencer Torkelson, and Kerry Carpenter, are off to great starts. Kreidler has impressed everyone with a level of detail in his preparation and his superb glove work at third and at short. Kerry Carpenter hit a home run in Anaheim, another in Kansas City. He's calm at the plate, and the ball just jumps off his bat. A.J. Hinch wanted to see hard contact and some hits fall for Spencer Torkelson. We've seen both. Through the first five games of the road trip, Torkelson had eight hits and a 11 hard-hit balls with a home run, a triple, and two doubles. Along with Riley Green, Kreidler, Carpenter, and Torkelson have brought an infectious enthusiasm to the Tigers' clubhouse, and it's translating into a better product on the field. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Garter, and they are growing. They have merged with Dorn Mayhew, a top 60 accounting and business firm in the U.S., so stronger together when it comes to Dorn Mayhew and Bean Garter across Michigan and all around America. You can find out more at beangarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com. Whether your business is small or big, no matter what your needs are, Bean Garter has been strengthening local businesses since 1949. They understand your ambitions. They share the responsibility of achieving your goals. And they over-deliver while giving you many different options when it comes to your accounting and business needs. Find out more at beangarter.com. That's beangarter.com. Bean Garter, a Dorn Mayhew firm. Coming right at you. The excitement you've been waiting for. Eagle Casino and Sports. The mobile casino made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Play slots and table games with live dealers at one exciting site. PlayEagle.com. Sign up today and get a match deposit up to $1,500. That's right, up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Go to PlayEagle.com and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Go check in with Doug Karsh, voice of Michigan football, also radio talk show host on the ticket in Detroit. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. We'll get his thoughts on J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's win over Hawaii on Saturday night in a moment. Uh, but what's the vibe this morning when it comes to the Lions and that loss to the Eagles yesterday in Detroit? Um, so I was a little surprised the listeners I didn't use the term same old Lions until late in the show. Um, <laughs> I think people have a, 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 a great deal of patience so far with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. Um, and so their expectations aren't unrealistic. I mean, this is a team, four teams in the NFC, they're expected to win more games in Vegas than Philly. And, you know, Detroit lost a good football game to a good opponent. Now, some people thought it was meaningless yards and meaningless points at the end, but I don't look at it that way. If, you, if you're not going to need an onside kick to win a game, then I think you're in it. And every time they were about to fall in it, when they get down 17, they answer. 
when they needed needed a stop early in the fourth, they got it. I think they kept themselves in the game and had a chance to win it without a miracle onside kick, even though, ironically, they tried one earlier in the game. But um, And then just couldn't get the stop. I mean, could not get the stop on the last drive. Um, and so defensively, they still have some problems, although I would argue that uh, you know their, their biggest issue was Jalen Hurts going off script, right? I mean, when he got flushed out of the pocket, he killed him. And so we'll see how they got. I'm not ready to say they're going to be great. I'm not ready to say that the season's over. Um, there are signs of things to be concerned about and signs of things to be encouraged by. Only one offense in the NFL scored more points than the Lions huge, and that was Kansas City. Philly scored more points, but it was contributed by the defense. So we'll see. We'll see what this leads to. You know, where it is, the same old Lions, and we've seen this script before, Doug, and I know you've talked about it on air. You've been there at games. You've watched them with family and friends. That this team is notorious for digging a big hole early in games, halfway, third quarter, early fourth, and then whether it was Stafford or now Goff, even Goff last year, uh, they'll find a way to come back. They'll throw away the game plan and they'll freelance and the biggest question I have, if you have that ability to score, if you have that creativity somewhere in your offense, why aren't you doing that early in games? Yeah, faster starts are key, man. Faster starts are key. And, I, you know, with, with this schedule, there are games in the immediate future that if that happens again, it becomes – then it starts to trickle down the same old Lions path. Uh, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack against a decent opponent, but um, but I hear you, man. I mean, if if we come back and are talking about the same thing next week against Washington, um, then then it's hard to say that they've broken any pattern that they've shown in the past. But I think I think Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes have emphasized the right things. Um, but it doesn't matter if you don't if you don't go out and execute on Sunday. So. Um, um, my, the, I'm still patient with this group, but that might start to turn if they have a similar performance against Washington. Well, I'm patient because I'm you know somewhere between that seven and ten, nine and eight mantra, and that's you know winning every other game. That's being 500 right. close to it. With 17, you can't hit 500 on the number, but. Uh, Philly is, after watching all the NFL teams, I think Philly's a top five team in the NFL uh, right now. If I was doing a week one power poll with one game left tonight with the Broncos and the Seahawks, and, you know, you see Swift, you see the line, uh, even with V out, you, you, I, don't, I didn't understand a couple of things that really bothered me. When you got the lead 7 nothing, why your corners were playing 15 yards off of receivers, and the onside kick, when you have the home crowd, I get if you get it, it's bedlam. But there was a lot of time left in the game. There really was. And I, I thought, hey, man, give your defense a chance, longer field, chance of, you know, uh, getting them into a punt situation. I, I understand coaches wanting to, you know, have big footballs and go after it. But, Man, you know, they, that time, you know, and, and Hutchinson was close to four sacks, uh, and you have Hurts, who is now arguably the best mobile quarterback in the league, this side of Lamar Jackson, maybe. I don't, I don't think that's a stretch. And uh, I just, there, there are little things that come into play with coaching, with execution, 
and decision making that man that that's been a similar mantra uh, from a year ago. But I will say, compared to what Philly did to Detroit a year ago, and you see this, I'm not a big morals victory type of guy or moral victory type of guy, Doug. But you know, I I don't think the improvement bowl is going to you know satisfy Lions fans. So. From last year to this year, I, I see the improvement, but still, that was a game they had a chance to win. They really did. So, the outside kick has become an interesting flashpoint. Um, I'm a believer if you don't have as much as talent as the guy on the other sideline, a calculated risk makes sense. A calculated risk to try and even the playing field. Okay, we're going to steal a possession here. And if your defense hasn't created any turnovers and you know, that you don't think that's going to happen. I can see what he was thinking. I don't have as much of an issue with it as you do, but, you know, when it doesn't work, you put yourself in the crosshairs for the big boy criticism that he's getting. And it's, that's fair. I mean, it's fair game. Um, but I also endorse, and I think that's why last year he, he was aggressive and, um, and did things like onside kick and fake punt and, uh, and go for it on some fourth and mediums. Um, but but at some point you got to stop. At some point you got to get enough talent. When you got when you have as much talent as the other guy, or you have more talent than the other guy, you don't need that stuff. But when you have less than the other guy, I have no problem with the calculated risk. But I also have no problem with the criticism that comes with when it fails. You know, you got to you got to hit on more of those than you miss. Otherwise, you're just flushing your chances to win down the toilet. You know, speaking of uh, flushing things down the toilet, if. If I'm Cade McNamara, I'm thinking about uh, the big house after he leads Michigan to a win over Ohio State and the fans that wouldn't leave the field celebrating with him and the rest of the Wolverines and everybody in attendance, coaches, players, families, friends, all out there. And here you are, night game against Hawaii, and you're getting booed. Hmm. Yeah, um, so, you know, I got a headset on during the game and couldn't, I didn't, you know, not being down on the field anymore, I didn't notice it during the game, during our broadcast. Um, and I heard it described as a smattering. Yeah. And that, that's, it, it, it undermines your team's, your team's chance at a successful season. You got a quarterback, and, and I'm not arguing against, what you know, Jim Harbaugh seems to have done, which it appears that he has settled on, on JJ moving forward. You know, you don't have to be a football guru to see why. Um, but you have a mobile quarterback now back there, and you know what? What happens with a mobile quarterback? Yeah, they make plays with their feet, but they also can take more hits if they're running the ball more. When you take more hits, you very well might get injured. And booing the guy that that was part of a Big Ten championship team last year that was part of the team that beat Ohio State, that made some big throws in hostile environments, I think undermines your team's chance at long-term success because that guy very quickly could be right back under center being the guy that Michigan fans need to make plays. And I've always been a proponent of fans being able to do what they want, spending their hard-earned disposable income on tickets, but that seems like a very counterproductive move to me. And I, again, hope that the description I heard was accurate as a smattering. Um, because I, to me, that is just, it doesn't make a lot of sense, Huge. doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it was a smattering. It wasn't, you know, like uh, the entire big house turned on him. I, I just, it, you can see it bothers Cade. You can see his body language when they went uh, 
to the locker room at halftime. You could see it in his body language in game one. You can see him and JJ. There's no little conversation on the sidelines. Again, you're there. I'm looking at what TV uh, has given me the first two games. It's meritocracy. It's the next man up. Uh, You've seen a lot of decisions in sports where coaches have been sent packing and they just won a divisional title, but uh, the owner wants a championship. And J.J. McCarthy gives them a chance to beat the Alabamas and the Georgias, something that Cade McNamara doesn't bring to the table. And it is nothing personal against Cade. I've said this all along, that they have a better chance to beat the big boys with J.J. than they do with Cade. Strictly business. So two, two things here. One is one of Cade's, I think Cade's strengths is I think he is physically and mentally tough as nails. So, again, putting him in this situation, this, the, you know, we're seeing now, it's really going to challenge that, that mental toughness because, you know, last year uh, I thought he showed under really stressful circumstances on the road at Penn State. Um, and, and, you know, against Ohio State even, and uh, some real mental toughness. And, uh, and I think they make it tough on their quarterbacks so that, that, that games are easier. Um, and uh, the one thing I'll say about J.J. that we need to be a little bit careful of is one thing that Cade did very well is process information. When better teams are throwing exotic blitz packages at him, he was still able to execute and get the football to the right person. J.J. hasn't had to see that in an extended period yet. Certainly not this year. And last year, he got into games for snippets here and there. Uh, J.J. has to show that, because I'll give you an example. Iowa, everybody's making fun of Iowa because Iowa's offense is, is obviously putrid. But defensively, that team's going to challenge J.J. over the course of 60 minutes in a way he hasn't been challenged yet, and it's up to him to respond. And the physical skills are there, but pre-snap reads and, you know, again, quickly processing what a defense is throwing at him are going to be the challenges that he has yet to face that'll get him. Now, if he can, then it's, you know, the ceiling's ceiling's the roof, huge, as Michael Jordan once said. But, um, you know, that, that is a, that's going to be a hurdle for him to clear still. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, the wins, like you said, at Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, at Nebraska, for what it's worth. Uh, at least Kay could say he played against a Scott Frost coached uh, Nebraska team. Uh, you know, he has that. Uh, and you're right, he's one play away or maybe even a, a bad game away. Uh, bad half away by J.J. in a big game, let's say against Maryland coming up, where the offense is struggling and Harbaugh has to turn to Cade, right? Well, I mean, look, there's <laughs> this should be, in theory, an ideal quarterback situation, right? You got two guys you feel comfortable you can win with. This is depth. Now, in this day and age, it's really hard to have two guys with the same eligibility, um, you know, with, uh, with depth, you know, be, be that depth. So it might not be a long-term thing, but, yeah, for the purposes of this season, you, you – I think Jim Harbaugh, one of his challenges now is, all right, you feel like you've got your quarterback. Now turn your attention to building up the backup and his confidence and his worth to this team because that kid could be needed quickly. So this staff needs to, I think, turn their attention to Cade and and keep him ready because – 
for all the reasons you've stated, one play away, one play away, and if J.J. gets hurt at any point, I don't think the expectation for this season should change. I still think they should be trying to win a Big Ten championship. I agree. Uh, and J.J., though, does – he has it. Uh, he he looks like a future NFL quarterback. I mean, he, he has a little Brady feel to him, and I'm not anointing him the next Brady. I, I'm talking Brady while at Michigan – uh, feel to them, and we'll see. You know, there's big games on that schedule, and all of a sudden, the comparison to Cade McNamara, this could do the full circle. Wait a minute. Cade beat Penn State on the road. Cade beat Ohio yeah. State. Well, that was at home. Cade beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. So, you know how fans work. It'll be one week uh, to the next. Just ask uh, uh, you and Gator and what you talk about uh, every day. So- the one thing, I, you know, I was talking to Matt Weiss, the quarterback coach, a couple weeks ago about that room, and he said, look, these guys get along. The, the quarterbacks went to Toronto together as a group this offseason, and when they did that tour of Michigan, that state tour, every chance they got when they had free time, Kate and J.J. were off playing golf together. And then J.J. said this week that, you know, he, he used the word blessing to describe his time with Cade and how they kind of laugh about it. It seems like people are trying to drive a wedge in between them when they just are working together to be the best that they can be. So, you know, I, I, it sounds, the talk is that the kids have a healthy approach to it. Now, is that reality? I'm, all I have to go on is what they're saying, but, um, you know, maybe they can make it work at least for this year. It'll be interesting, you know, but Harbaugh, I think, is comfortable because he has the best quarterback depth, you may argue, in the country uh, right now. At any of the Power Five schools, nobody has the luxury of having a guy that just won your conference championship game, took you to the Final Four, and he now is the backup. But you've seen things at the big schools, and guys will jump each other, and it's how it works, man. It, it, your Harbaugh, your bar now is winning. You won the Big Ten. Well, winning at Ohio State is on that list. And – now, how do you win an opening playoff game and get to a championship game? How do you win a natty? Now, that's the bar now set by Michigan from last year. Yep, you're 100% correct. I think, like, the Michigan-Ohio State thing, you know, they, the win last year did Michigan football obviously a ton of good, but I think would you really show that things have changed is if you went two in a row. And, and I think Ryan Day holding serve at home doesn't mean it's back to Ohio State uh, dominating the series, it's if Ryan Day comes to Ann Arbor next year and wins again. I think the two-in-a-row thing in this series becomes a big deal. And it'll be amazing the difference in tenor if Harbaugh takes a team down to Columbus and wins. Suddenly, how does Columbus feel about Ryan Day? Um, so, I hear you. That That's a huge box for them to check. I mean, a long way to go to get there, right? And I think one of the big goals is to get there with a chance to win the East. Um, which they accomplished last year, even with the loss to Michigan State. So um, can they get themselves back in that hunt? You know, <laughs> and, and if Harbaugh does, then, yeah, winning a, winning a semifinal game and getting to a national championship. And um, But you also mentioned Kelly Bryant losing his job, job to Trevor Lawrence. And uh, what about uh, Tua and Jalen? So these are good problems that some pretty good programs have had. And by the way, it worked out for Tua and Jalen, especially if you look at their performances yesterday for the Dolphins and the Eagles. Doug Karsh, he is the voice of Michigan football. Wolverines take on mighty UConn in the 
Hey, the DraftKings Sports app has given 50 points uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I can't wait for them to get to Maryland and finally get a quality team. Doug, uh, great work so far. Uh, your debut year. Appreciate your time. Uh, tell Gator and the crew I said hello. I will, Huge. Thank you. All right. Doug Harsh joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan Athletics. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Just place a single first touchdown score or prop bet on any pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log on to your account or download the BetMGM app today and sign up. Then wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any pro football game. And if your bet misses you're still going to get $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. New and exciting customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer as we originate from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Store Studio. Let's go talk to Chris Ballas, get his thoughts on J.J. McCarthy's first start in a Wolverine uniform, what lies ahead for Michigan football. Looking back at Hawaii, not a lot to take from it outside of the J.J. McCarthy conversation. How you doing, Chris? Hey, buddy, doing great. All right, what's the latest on the quarterback situation at Michigan? Oh, it's pretty cut and dried, right? Jim Harbaugh said after the game, he said it was a nearly flawless performance for J.J. McCarthy. He went out there and did everything that he could have been expected to do, really. The only pass he missed was one that should have been caught by Ronnie Bell. A little behind him, but a catch that you have to make. So uh, just looked really poised. Granted, it was a horrible team. Uh, everybody knows that. At the same time, he does some things and adds some elements to the offense that just makes it better when, when he's protecting the ball. So you can you know say until you're blue in the face, that Cade McNamara had better practices or he, he has more of his drives ended in scores or whatever, and you can chart that. But when it comes down to a game and you look at what happened, uh, there's no question that J.J. McCarthy has that it quality, and if he continues to play like that, he's the guy going forward. And I think Jim Harbaugh pretty much said that. Yeah, and, and it's obvious by the body language from Cade, he knows what's going on, right? That's <laughs> Thanks. Uh, first of all, part of the body language is because he's being booed there. This is a guy that leads into their first Big Ten title since 2004. People are groaning and booing when he's in there. They're, people are giving up sacks and they're booing him when he get, gets sacked. It's crap. Uh, I'll be honest. It was an embarrassment. He's sitting up there listening to that uh, as uh, somebody who's followed this program for a long time. And some people are going to say, oh, it's just part of the deal, so on and so forth. But you know what? No, these, these guys are, are human. And so there's no question that he looked like a defeated man. 
can. So uh, it is what it is. And the problem is they might need him at some point. What happens if something happens to McCarthy or McCarthy struggles in a in a game and you need a guy, you know, your veteran who's played at Nebraska or at Penn State to come in? Does he have that confidence right now? It doesn't look like it. He looks like a guy that has lost all his confidence and really they're going to need to build that back up. Chris Ballas of the Wolverines.com joining us. Uh, away from the obvious uh, lightning rod conversation with J.J. McCarthy and Michigan football and Cade, uh, what is this team, where is this team getting better playing opponents? I know it's game experience and a ton of players are seeing action, but when you look at Colorado State, when you look at Hawaii and now UConn, arguably Michigan might be playing the three worst teams in college football yeah. to start this season. They're terrible, and I don't like it. And I wrote that. I said, "Look, you know, it's great that you get a lot of guys playing, but you really don't know how good you are." And in talking to guys uh, close to the program, they're like, "Yeah, we think we're good here. We think we're good there, but you don't really know." And I'll say this: the offensive line's been a little leakier than I thought against some pretty bad opponents. So those guys need to step up. They don't look like the Joe Moore award-winning line that they were last year. And for all the talk that they were going to be better this year, they need to be better. So uh, number two, uh, you know, they're just so much physically better. Than these teams, Hawaii had no business being on that field. And you know, I said this about uh, going back to you know back in the early 2000s when John Navarre started in place of an injured Drew Henson and threw for like 29 for 35 against Bowling Green and Rice, and everybody was like, "Oh, is Drew Henson going to get his job back?" Well, then he goes out to UCLA and plays a team with a pulse, and and he looked human. So there is still so much that we don't know about this football team, and that we won't know probably until they play Maryland to some extent, but really at Iowa and that defense. That Iowa offense is horrible, Bill, but that defense is still very good. So that's when we're going to find out some more things about this team. And in my opinion, they need to start scheduling a little bit, a little bit better here in the near future. They've dropped some some programs like UCLA from the schedule, and really un- unfortunate and disappointing. It is, and uh, Maryland's going to be no pushover, and it will be interesting nope. when you upgrade uh, the competition, not only for the entire team, but for JJ McCarthy and how Cade McNamara handles this, because the visual from the outside looking in, and I agree with you, nobody should be booing him, but those two guys aren't talking on the sidelines. Uh, yeah. he, you know, Cade was walking in towards the end of uh, the rest of the team at halftime. Uh, I, he was voted a captain by the team, and it's that dynamic you and I talked about last week, Chris. Yeah. Uh, how will this affect the team off the field? It better not, and it's up to him to make sure it doesn't. As part of being a captain, and I've said this before, you look at what Tom Brady had to endure when Drew Henson was here and he was a captain. There were times that he was stewing on the sidelines, but he never let it carry over, and he became one of the best Michigan captains ever because of it, uh, not just because of his play on the field, but because of how he accepted that with grace, and he said that that made him a better player. Cade McNamara needs to embrace that as well and understand that, like Jim Harbaugh said, this position is for rent. Uh, it is not a given to anybody and nobody owns it so uh, he needs to understand that and, and needs to be that captain and needs to go up to to McCarthy and, and mentor him and help him in any way he can if he's not the starter so uh, and if he can't then you know what then that doesn't make him a very good captain you don't want that to be your legacy you know his legacy secure with the uh, the knowledgeable portion of the fan base anyway that appreciates what he's done here but if he were going were to go that route then he's going to ruin it so he's got to make sure that he does his part to be a great Michigan captain Chris Ballas with the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you that could help Michigan against their quality opponents? Anything you saw from that game this past Saturday night against Hawaii? 
No. <laughs> that was such a bad team, Bill. And we were watching. I was talking to Doug Skeen, my, my podcast partner, and basically, you know what? That was a team that was showing up for the, the chicken sandwich and the paycheck. And But I will say this. Uh, you can talk about the, the, the competition all you want to, but those passes that McCarthy was throwing and, and uh, were on the money. It, you know, there were a couple times that he had a couple receivers that were there were defenders within a couple of yards, and he still hit them in stride. And that's kind of what's been lacking, especially in the deep ball. He had a pass where he identified Donovan Edwards running back lined up on a linebacker and found him down the right sideline with just a flick of the wrist. Those are things you can't teach, and that's really going to help him So and help this team reach its ceiling. The ceiling is much higher when you've got a quarterback like that, obviously, because he's got the chance to be one of the Michigan greats if he continues to progress. Chris, thanks for the update. We'll talk later in the week, and we'll break down mighty UConn rolling into the big house. <laughs> Can't wait. Thanks, Billy. All right, Chris Ballas joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. Big. Bad. Huge.